So our, our final text comes from Zephaniah. And as I, uh, as I was reflecting on this text, I was drawn to mind of a recent uh, event which took place about two weeks ago. I, whenever I get a chance, tend to walk the Lincoln Marsh Trail that's right outside our building here at Resurrection. It's beautiful, it's nature, and whenever I walk, I tend to start settling in, have these really peaceful moments. I'll often be praying, reflecting. And about two weeks ago, as I was walking the trail, having one of these wonderful encounters with God, just at peace with the world, starting to feel at peace with myself, settling in, I suddenly felt and then heard something move by my foot. And as I looked down on the trail right outside Resurrection here, I saw about a three and a half foot garden snake just quickly slither on by. And I am glad that none of you were with me uh, to hear the childlike scream that erupted from my lips. Uh, I jumped probably two feet in the air and immediately uh, all peace and tranquility was gone, right? No more am I praying, no more am I uh, processing with the Lord. Instead, I am now on a terror-filled journey back to the building as quick as I possibly can, darting, eyes searching, just looking for any more snakes that might be on the path. And as I uh, was recalling this event, makes me uh, realize that fear has this vice-like grip that tends to grab us when it comes in like a snake unexpectedly on a trail. Fear can grip our bodies. You feel fear in your stomach. You have your muscles clench. Adrenaline starts pumping through you. Uh, fear can grip our minds. Different studies have shown that when you start fearing, it's like your mind starts hitting these cyclical loops. You start fixating over and over and over again. As I'm walking, all I can think about is there might be another snake. There might be another snake. There might be another snake. Fear is a way of gripping our hearts. Fear tends to isolate us from others. Fear tends to isolate us from God. Fear tends to cause us to push and run away from the very relationships, the very sense of security and stability that we need to navigate whatever fear it is that presents itself. Fear is like a snake in the grass. And uh, as, we, as we turn to this text in Zephaniah, uh, the people of Jerusalem at the point that Zephaniah is preaching had a lot that they too should be afraid of. Uh, the Assyrians as this massive, intimidating empire pressing in from the north. You had this ec social economic injustice taking place in Jerusalem that the rich, the elites, were taking off the top, skimming profits from the poor. And then as if that couldn't be bad enough, God himself had pronounced earlier in Zephaniah that his judgment was coming. Judgment was coming on their sin, on those who had turned from the Lord, on idolatry that had taken root in the people of Israel's hearts. And yet into this fear, this vice-like fear that had gripped the people of Jerusalem, Zephaniah had a word for them and a word for us this morning. Verse 16 
Zephaniah is going to say, In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion. Fear not. Do not be afraid. Why is it so hard to not be afraid? Well, in my experience, the reason why so many of us struggle so deeply and profoundly with fear is because there actually are snakes waiting for us on the trails of our lives, as I encountered on the Lincoln Marsh. And uh, some, some of these snakes are not imaginary. They are very real. Uh, my wife, Jenna, is pregnant right now, and uh, she is very afraid of the very real pains of child labor. That's a very real fear. Pain is coming. There's no point where I can look at her and tell her, oh, it's just not going to hurt. Don't worry. Some, uh, some of us, some of you, are looking for jobs right now. Uh, I have a close friend I'm walking with who is in the middle of a job search, and the fear is very real. Uh, the mortgage bills, the rent, uh, the expenses are going to be due. The job is not there, and every time he submits an application, every time he hears another no, it's like that vice-like grip of fear just starts to take him more and more. Uh, another couple, Jen and I know, we walk closely with, have a child, a daughter, who is walking away from the faith, and you just see this cycle of fear gripping the family more and more deeply. It's like every time that their daughter pulls away, the parents get more afraid, and they start acting out of their fear, and it causes their daughter to pull away even more. Fear has this powerful, scattering presence. So as we gather here in the darkness of Holy Saturday, uh, just about to see the sun rise, I wonder what fears you have come in with tonight, where your fears may be, uh, what snakes you yourself have seen slithering in the grass. Yet Zephaniah gives us two reasons, two reasons why we do not need to be afraid, two reasons why the Lord, even now in this gathering hour, wants to cast out your fears. The first reason is this. Fear not, O Zion, because the Lord is in your midst. The Lord is walking with us. Uh, in verse 15, Zephaniah is going to say, The King of Israel, the Lord is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. It's like Zephaniah is trying to give this image, this picture to the people of Jerusalem. The Lord is on the throne. The, the Lord is here. He's here actually in Jerusalem. You don't have to be afraid about the enemies that are out there. You don't even have to fear the oppressors who are here. The Lord is in your midst. The Lord is here reigning on his throne. In verse 13, Zephaniah is going to say, they... At this time, when the Lord gathers his people, they shall graze and lie down, and none shall make them afraid. It's almost this image of sheep who have been uh, gathered by their shepherd, and because the shepherd is there, even if the wolves are out in the wilderness waiting for them, these sheep are going to 
settle in, they're going to slow down, and they're going to graze because they don't have to be afraid. It's kind of like a child who knows that their parents are there, and so they're safe. They can settle in. They can fall asleep. They don't have to be afraid. I recently was with James Cunningham, the three-year-old son of Scott and Marissa Cunningham, the church planters out in Madison who planted Christ Church. And uh, I had an afternoon of babysitting. It was my due diligence before the Lord to spend the time with James. And as I was with him, we were playing in the basement. We needed to get something upstairs from his bedroom. And as we went up the stairs, there was this dark hallway, pitch black, extending in front of us. And we, his room, James's room, was waiting on the other side. And as we hit this hallway, I see James look, and he stops. You can tell he's a little freaked that the hallway is so dark. And yet with the simplicity and wisdom of a child, James extended his hand. He looked at me, and he said, I'm scared. Will you walk with me? I'm scared. Will you walk with me? I wonder for us as we confront those fears that we've brought with us tonight, what it would look like to turn to the Lord, the Lord who is in our midst, the Lord who wants to walk with us through the trails of our lives, the Lord who wants to walk with us even if there are snakes waiting for us in the grass. What it would look like for you tonight to reach out your hand and say, I'm scared. Will you walk with me, Lord? I'm scared. Will you walk with me? The second reason why we should not fear is because the Lord promises through the prophet Zephaniah that he will crush the snakes. If the first reason we should not be afraid is because the Lord walks with us. He offers us his presence. The second reason we should, be, we should not be afraid is because the Lord offers us his power. The Lord will crush the snakes. Uh, the verse following, uh, fear not, O Zion, says this in verse 17. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save you. A mighty one who will save you. That word mighty one is the warrior of Israel. This is the Lord who rescues Israel from the powerful hand of Pharaoh with an even mightier hand of salvation by the Lord. This is the Lord who, when the oppressors and judges are going to rise up, it is the mighty one, the warrior of Israel, the Lord who is going to rescue them. As I uh, think about my next hike on the prairie trail. Imagine if instead of walking empty-handed, as I was that fateful afternoon of encountering the snake, imagine if I was wielding a machete, a big, massive machete. I, I think that would help. But imagine far, far better than me wielding a machete. Imagine someone who actually knew what to do with a machete. Uh, imagine Bear Grylls, the famed uh, special forces survivalist. Imagine if I, instead of walking alone, was walking with Bear Grylls on the prayer trail and he was holding a machete. I do not think I would be afraid if I encountered a snake. And yet, what we find 
in the prophet Zephaniah and his call to not be afraid is that the Lord, the mighty one of Israel, is coming in power to save us. The Lord, the one who has ransomed Israel again and again, the Lord who comes in the flesh. In fact, in verse 15, the promises are going to get really clear that it's going to say, the Lord, Zephaniah, to the people of Jerusalem, the Lord has taken away your judgments against you, and he has cleared away your enemies. The Lord is coming in his power to remove our judgments, and he has come to clear away our enemies. Where else could this text be pointing us than to the very cross of Jesus Christ? What more powerful enemy and what more powerful oppression than death itself could be dealt with in the strong, mighty salvation of the Lord? This is where, as Paul, the apostle, is reflecting later in the book of Romans, as he looks at the cross and he sees what the Lord is doing in the power of his salvation, he says, what do we possibly have to fear? Nakedness? Famine? Persecution? Death itself? Death has been defeated in the cross of Jesus Christ. Yes, there are very real snakes that are walking, that are stalking the trails. Yes, we do need a job. Yes, we need to be taken care of, to be in relationship. Yes, our loneliness, that isolating ache that we've come into tonight with, that sense of disconnect from God, those are very real and threatening forces, but the Lord is far more powerful still. And so this morning as we reflect and as we prepare for the resurrection, Zephaniah the prophet wants to invite you to fear not. Do not be afraid. The Lord is walking with you. The Lord is coming in power. And it is the Lord himself in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ who will crush the serpents under his heel. So how do we respond? I love that Zephaniah here gives a call which we've been enacting and responding to all evening. He says in verse 18, the Lord speaking, I will gather. I will gather those of you who mourn for the festival so that you will no longer suffer reproach. Verse 20, Zephaniah is going to say, at that time, I will bring you in. I will gather you together. What do we need when our fear has gripped our hearts? What do you need this morning? As even in this tired hour, you feel that gnawing bodily sensation of fear. You need to be gathered to the people of God. The Lord wants to bring you in. He wants to bring you in from your isolation. He wants to bring you in from your loneliness. He wants to bring you in from those concerns which have been keeping you awake at night as they've been running through your head. And the Lord wants to walk with you, and he wants to deliver you from fear itself. So to that end, as we enter into this time of worship, I want to invite you as a final opportunity 
that now is the gathering hour. Now is the chance to come and approach the Lord who is near. Come and uh, for those who may need a ministry of the Lord's presence, come join us at the altar. For those who need the ministry of the Lord's power, come again to the cross. Now is the gathering hour. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.